Hey everyone, this is Craig Horlbeck from the Ringer Fantasy Football Show. Join me, Danny Heifetz, and Danny Kelly every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday to help you win your draft, win your league, and most importantly, avoid that last place punishment. Follow the Ringer Fantasy Football Show on Spotify. This episode is brought to you by State Farm. There's no better feeling than a personal win, and the State Farm Personal Price Plan can help you do just that. Talk to a State Farm agent today to learn how you can bundle and save with the personal price plan. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Prices are based on rating plans that vary by state. Coverage options are selected by the customer. Availability, amount of discounts and savings, and eligibility vary by state. This episode is brought to you by Modelo. What does a true fan look like? It's cheering the loudest. It's never missing a game, no matter what. And for that, you deserve an ice-cold reward. Because you are a fighter, and Modelo is your reward. Modelo, the mark of a fighter. Shop delivery or pickup options near you at ordermodello.com. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Imports, Chicago, Illinois. Welcome to Extra Point Taken. Shield Kapati here, joined by Ben Solak. It's AFC Prediction Day. Earlier this Woo. week, we, we did the NFC. Solak has the Cowboys coming out of the NFC. There's I have no the need Eagles. to start with that. There's no need to, you know, to open <laughs> like that. I have the Eagles. I guess I shouldn't have spoiled it if you haven't listened already. But of course, you can go back and listen to that episode. We picked our division winners, our wild card teams, our playoff bracket in the NFC. We were a little more similar than I anticipated, but now we're going to the AFC, and I feel like we've had battles over these AFC teams all offseason long. Ben, I think we're going to be a little different uh, for the AFC, but who knows? Maybe you'll surprise me. Yeah, NFC has got a couple of good teams and then a couple of mid-teams, and you kind of just get it to seven and you go. AFC has got 16 total teams in it, and like 98 of them are good. Every team is good. It's a big problem. Um, (laughs) No one... If anybody at the end of the season looks smart in their AFC playoff predictions, I'll be stunned. I mean, I guess like law of big numbers, somebody's going to be, but man, it feels tough. There you go. So, uh, yeah, that's the exercise. We'll just go division by division. We pick our division champs. If we're in a division where we have a wild card team, we let the other person know. Uh, and then we go from there. And then at the end, we'll do a little uh, playoff bracket. Who do we have coming out of the AFC? And Ben, I guess we have to choose who who do we have winning the Super Bowl, you're prepared for that today, right? You've been prepared for that since like April, probably. If 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 you've been paying attention to your email, then you've known that you have had to send into editor Megan Schuster your Super Bowl pick as of yesterday, Sheil. It was due by Wednesday, okay? Okay, that's true, but that's to her. That's not to me. Okay, so you made your pick. I don't know what it is. You don't know what mine is, and we'll go from there. All right, let's get it started. AFC East. Oh my goodness, what a, a tough division to start it off. Benjamin, where did you land on your division winner in the AFC East? Who do you got? I think the Bills are going to win the division. Uh, I think this because, and I have a piece about the Bills coming out this week. Um, I, I think it's important to make this statement and then filter all other perspectives about the AFC East and about the Buffalo Bills through this statement. Josh Allen is the only quarterback even comes remotely close to the Patrick Mahomes tier and Patrick Mahomes characterization of if you've got this guy, then you're probably winning enough games to win the division, right? Like, I think, like, if you remember this time last year, it was kind of like, what if Burrow is better than Mahomes? And what if Josh Allen's better than Mahomes, right? We were coming off of that, like, were those real things, though? No, they they weren't. They weren't. They weren't. I'm talking about like the like like the public 
kind of conversation, the right. public perception they were out was, there like, somewhere. was All right. was yearning to kind of put somebody on Mahomes' tier, right? To have somebody who could legitimately come for the crown. And then I think this past season was a good reminder. Okay, well, Mahomes is, is up there by himself. Nobody really comes close. However, Allen is, in, in my estimation, the only other quarterback in the league who has that, like, tectonic, world-ending, Terminator, you know, demigod ability to just power your team through injury, through bad circumstance, through bad luck, through weird whatever, through challenging divisional opponents, to just enough wins that you're just, you're just, you're, the floor of how good you are when you have a quarterback like Allen with his talent is so high that I think the Bills are winning the division. Am I concerned by an aging defense coming off of a lot of injuries? Heck yeah, brother. I think the offensive line is, is, is going to be fine this year. I like the changes they've made. I like, I like the step forward they took last year. Do I still think it's like a great offensive line? No. Am I worried about the wide receiver two targets and the, the, the hope of finding a secondary target behind Stephon Diggs that haven't really done the last couple of years? Yep. Am I worried about Stephon Diggs being very upset about things? Yeah. I'm worried about all these things. Every single thing I'm worried about. Okay. <laughs> There's a lot of reasons to look at the bills. And, and again, this is a lot of what my piece is about. And to just kind of like scratch your head a little bit, like get a little air under the collar, be like, all right, this is sweatier than it was, right? That's what happened when you, when you run it back and you run it back and you run it back. Eventually, the, the cracks in the facades start to get bigger and bigger and bigger and you start to get some structural issues. But with all of that said, they got 17. And I think 17 makes them remarkably better than... The, I think 17 Josh Allen is a remarkably better quarterback situation than everybody else in this division. Even like the high end of Tua and the high end of Aaron Rodgers, like even if you get those, I think that Allen gives you a, a, a more impactful high end. I like the Bills to win the division. I've got the Bills also. All right, so we're, we're one for one here. Now, do you have a record for the Bills? Did you do that exercise or not for the AFC? I did. Now, I will clarify by saying I forgot to take a screenshot. And so I did it again. But there's a chance that like my NFC numbers are different. And so like my AFC. So somebody goes back and does the math and it's like, Ben, it's too many wins. That's why. Also, if you're doing the math. Somebody please do that, by the way. One of you expats. I would really enjoy that. I have the Bills as a 13-win team this season, winning the division. Ooh, okay. All right. Uh, I've got the Bills winning it. I've got them at 11 and and 6. You nailed it. I mean, they're 47 and 18 in the last three years with Josh Allen. Like they win over 70% of their games. The, the beauty of Josh Allen, and I, I don't totally agree with your assessment, but I'll wait to name the other quarterback who I think belongs in there until we... we everybody uh, get, who listens knows who you think yeah, it is. Everyone knows who it is. It is who you think it is. Uh, but he just, uh, I mean, the beauty of him is he plays every play like it's the fourth quarter of the Super Bowl and the game's on the line. And that leads to plays where you're sitting on your couch on Sunday with red zone on going... Josh Allen, what are you doing with that red zone interception? Or why did you try to truck that, you know, 270 pound, whatever, uh, in the open? Like, why are you doing that? It's week three, man. You're up by 17 points. Take it easy. Chill a little bit. But you know what? That's also the beauty of Josh Allen, because that competitiveness, that go all out on every play uh, also makes him make those plays where you go, holy cow, no one else in the league can do that except Mahomes. Like from a physical perspective, there's nobody else capable of making that play. He just made other than Patrick Mahomes. And that's why he's got that ceiling. And that's why we still remember that Bill's Chiefs game in the playoffs uh, from a couple of years ago. One of the one of the best games uh, I've ever watched, one of the best games of our lifetime. So yeah, I just feel like he can bring everyone up with him. Now it's interesting when you zoom out and look at the Bills, because I thought they did like one of the best rebuilding jobs in recent NFL 
memory when they got Josh Allen and then they traded for Stephon Diggs and then they shored up the offensive line. And I was like, that's how you do it right there. That's the model. The sustaining part is harder to your point. Like I would have very much loved an offseason here where I go, they made bigger upgrades to the offensive line. They have a number two or a number three who I feel great about, and they're going to be even harder to defend this year. That didn't happen. They made moves around the margins. Uh, you know, last offseason, they made their big splash with Von Miller. This offseason, it was more moves around the margins. But having said that, I just feel like as long as Allen is healthy, and maybe even if he's not healthy, by the way, they're still going to be really good. Uh, a couple things, so like from last year, they were 13-3 thir- and three last year. They didn't lose a game by more than a field goal in the regular season. It was mm-hmm. until that playoff game against the Bengals, like just a consistently competitive team. And then this is something that doesn't, get brought up and I understand it's weird to talk about, but like the DeMar Hamlin situation, like they thought their teammate died on the field with what, two weeks to go in the season. Like I'm not a, you know, psychiatrist. I couldn't tell you how that affected every guy. I do feel pretty strongly that it probably affects you when you see your friend, somebody you've spent, you know, months, years with uh, on the field in that situation. And they were pretty candid and honest and vulnerable about talking about it afterwards. But when that happens, you know, we just expect them to then go back on the field and be the team they've been and focus on winning. And it's not like, no, like it is a human thing for that to affect you. So I don't put too much stock into the way the season ended, into the way their playoffs ended. Uh, I just think as long as they have Allen, they're going to be really competitive. I knock them down a couple wins from last year because I think their schedule is the fourth toughest schedule in the league. I have some concerns about the age, like you mentioned, on defense. Sean McDermott taking over the defensive play calling. Does that affect his in-game management? There are all these things that I think factor in where I say, okay, they might take a little step back, but I still think they're going to be really good. Uh, I went for the piece and I found uh, what Allen's numbers would have been if we just like just straight before the injury, right? So if, if Allen stayed totally healthy and uh, and never got hurt last season, he had the UCL injury in week nine against the Jets. He was on pace for Ben is five looking, over really fi- close to his monitor. Over five thousand <laughs> passing yards, over six thousand total yards, and over fifty total Ooh. touchdowns. The young man was cooking. In, 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 in the early stretch, right? And then, obviously, like, okay, defenses are going to catch up, whatever. But, like, you can only catch it so far up when it's, the offense is just predicated on the guy being enormous and throwing the ball really far. So, yeah, yeah. like, I, I think if you, t- if you, you know, find the, the time stream in which Allen doesn't have the UCL injury, it's a Tommy John injury uh, in week nine against the Jets. I think Allen's probably winning league MVP last year? Question mark? Maybe? And then we're having a separate conversation where it's like, okay, even if they do have the horrible end of the season that they did with Hamlin's injury and then with, with the subsequent way it affected their postseason, we're still coming off this and saying like, wow, Josh Allen, Ken Dorsey, this offense, like they, they have a chance to run it again. And so um, I do think that we're, we are forgetting just how dangerous this Bills offense can be, just how easily it can just win games for them because they can put 30 on anybody in a heartbeat. Yeah, 4,000 yards passing and 700 yards rushing. I've said this stat before. Uh, that's happened three times in NFL history. Cam Newton did it in 2015. Josh Allen has done it in back-to-back seasons, including one where he had a UCL injury. He put up those numbers. So I, I do think we take the numbers and what he's asked to do uh, for granted a little bit. And I think some of what the Bills did this offseason was, hey, let's try to make it a little bit easier on him. We'll see if they succeed there or not. All right. Now the big question then, do you have an, one more wild card from this division? Do you have two wild cards from this division? You have zero wild cards 
from this dis- division. Who else is making the playoffs in the AFC East? The Miami Dolphins. Uh, the Dolphins are one of my teams this year uh, that, that I think is going to perform extremely well. Uh, I, I have two reasons for that, and it's faith in the, the guy coaching the offense, and it's faith in the guy coaching the defense, right? Um, I think if you start defensively, Josh Boyer last season was a Brian Flores holdover and really just like ran the same stuff without like this the same like creativity, the same like real intimate knowledge of like the system and understanding of how it works. It was kind of just like if you or I went out there and tried to call the Shanahan offense, like sure, we'd like know what it's supposed to look like. We don't really get it. Uh and so that you you just kind of end up with a a really toothless defense in Miami. Uh but they went and they brought in talent and they've had a, they've done a good job developing talent there, right? You have Javon Holland, you have Brandon Jones, you have Jerome Baker, you have Christian Wilkins, you have Raekwon Davis, you have Jalen Phillips, right? All guys who were uh, selected by the team and have been brought up by the team over the last five years. Zach Sealer, who got just a big extension for them, quality player. They go and they trade for Bradley Chubb. Xavier Howard, right? He's been there for a long time now as, a, as an Eddie Steady outside corner. Cater Kohu develops lovely last year. You're pretty much looking at this defensive depth chart and saying, we have enough talent here that we should be able to be an, an impactful defense. We should be able to win games this season on the back of our defense. Who can get that done for us? The Godfather, the man himself, Vic Fangio. Very old. As a reminder, all good defensive coordinators, old or jacked. Uh, Vic, super old. Vic, I was <laughs> One of your camp. best takes and theories, yes. by the way. Vic, I have uh, no Vic, notes on that one. I was, at, I was at Dolphins camp. Vic's rocking the big straw hat. That's how you know. Yeah, and so that's a <laughs> oh, pro yeah. right there. That straw hat lives in a box for nine months of the year, and then it comes out for mini camp and training camp time. Rock the big straw hat. Uh, and so uh, uh, with Fangio, Fangio fits very nicely into how this defense uh, should work, right? Bradley Chubb, obviously, like with experience in the defense, but still with, with defensive uh, linemen who can line up at different spots and be useful, Christian Wilkins and, and Zach Steeler, with uh, a safety duo that I really, really think, uh, and Javon Holland and Brandon Jones are going to have a huge, huge, huge uh, uh, impact is gonna have a huge jump in, in kind of the national uh, uh, eye under Fangio. You love to see that. You bring in David Long because you need that Mike linebacker who can cover. Perfect. You bring in Jalen Ramsey because he's Jalen freaking Ramsey, right? He can play in the slot. He can play safety. He can play outside corner for you. He gets hurt, but I think there's still enough talent here that I expect this defense to take such a big step forward that they're able to account for a lot of the moments last year where like the offense just like needed a couple of stops like hey we had a good game but not a perfect game can you help us out and the defense just had no teeth then you look at the offense and you say all right so this worked really well last year <laughs> like they, <laughs> this was sick this was i went back and i was like reading some expectations and, and 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 reorienting myself on what my perspective was on the dolphins offense entering last season and this really was like exceeded all expectations there was nobody who was like you know, Tua is going to become the best deep passer in the league. Like that was not in any ways even paradigm range of outcomes for this group. Um, you largely run it back. You run it back in terms of the the pass catchers. Make some changes underneath. Bring in Braxton Berrios. See if he's going to be more valuable for you. You uh, pump up running back a little bit with Devon Devon Shane. I think they wanted to pump up running back a little bit more. I think they did their best to pump up running back a little bit more. I think right. they were unsuccessful. Um, but so you go and you add. You had a couple more. Skill position guys, speed guy and A-Shane, quickness guy and Barrios, more guys who can separate and create. That way you don't have to be as reliant on Tyreek and, and Waddle. But you know this offense works. You know McDaniel, Tyreek, and Waddle. Like the, 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 the play action, the motion, the pass protection, it's all beautiful. It all makes sense. You want to get uh, like 12, 13 games out of Tua, and you want him to ideally be healthy in January. Like that's what you're looking at for in terms of like a, a postseason run for this team is you have to have Tua healthy enough when we get to the winter months. 
with that said, I think that that two is going to be healthy enough for enough games. This offense is good enough that they're going to make the playoffs. We might, they might come into the playoffs like they did last year where it's, they got Skylar Thompson, they got Mike white. And you're like, okay, they're bringing a backup in here. Like, I don't know if they're the same team they were in the first couple months. Cause two is out now. Two is two is not playing, but I think two is going to play enough. They're going to win enough games. They should, uh, they should make the postseason. I have the dolphins as an 11 win team. 11 win team. Oh baby. Yes, wow. Interesting. Okay. So, uh, First of all, I've been workshopping a shield cranky old man take. Are you are you ready for me to unveil it here? Hit me. Like like Vic Fangio. Like there are other ways to play defense. I'm t- I'm kind of tired of all Vic Fan. Like Vic Fangio, great defensive coach. I know McVay and Lafleur, whoever the three offensive coach. They all said they hate. Hey, listen, I grew up in a deal. Forget this lineup in a too high shell in disguise. I'll plant the quarterback in the ground. Let's get some old school defensive coaches back in here who are just hit the quarterback at all costs. And you know what? You give up an explosive play here or there. That's okay. All right. It's listen, it's it's half baked. I, so I, as, like, as I, some I would agree. Say. I agree. <laughs> I'm just like, kind of tired like, hearing about every defense in the league. Oh, they're bringing out Fangio influence. Oh, they got this coach from the Fangio. Like that doesn't fix all your all your problems. I, but he I is. I would not Fangio. agree more. If you, if uh, uh, <laughs> Steven and I did an offseason pod about why there's no defensive coaching trees, and it's this exact point, which is so much harder to just be like, I was the outside linebackers coach for Vic Fangio for two years. I know how to run the defense. Like, it doesn't work that way on the defensive side of the ball, the way on the offensive side of the ball. It's like, I was a quarterback's coach for McVay for a year. I basically got this stuff locked. Like, there's a total difference there. So I agree. Like, when you get an offshoot of the tree, you're actually taking a lot bigger of a risk, and you can't just like, oh, implement some Fangio stuff. It doesn't work that way. The The Dolphins have the OG thing. They have the original <laughs> package, baby. They've got the good stuff. They have the root, all right? They have the seed. This is it. This is Vic, I believe. Yeah, I just wanted to get that off my chest. I, I think Fangio's a great defensive coach. I think their defense is going to be uh, improved and pretty good this year. Uh, I get it with the Dolphins. Like, I'm not going to come. I, I don't have the Dolphins. I have the Dolphins, a good team, not a great team, nine and eight, just missing out on the playoffs. Because it's the AFC. And so you you have this pile of teams and you say, which ones do I trust the most? And to me, there's a bit of a fragility with the Dolphins. It's the the quarterback coming off at least two concussions a year ago. Can he stay healthy? That's one. Like you said, even if he's healthy for 13 games, they could still make the playoffs. They literally did that last year. So I get that. But it's not just Tua. To me, it's Teron Armstead. You know, if he goes down, do I trust that offensive line? I know Mike McDaniel coached around the offensive line weaknesses a year ago. Can you do that again if Armstead, uh, somebody who's had injuries here the last three seasons and is an older player, if he goes down? And then it's the wide receivers. Like, the wide receivers are awesome, but, like, so much of their offense is predicated on those wide receivers being healthy and amazing. I mean, they accounted for 64% of the Dolphins' receiving yards last season. Each guy played every single game. Waddle and Tyree killed neither guy missed a start. Now, I'm not here predicting, you know, you could say injuries with every team. I get that. But I add all those things up and they're sort of like a a Jenga tower team to me where like one little piece, one of those pieces goes awry and I feel like the thing uh, might sort of fall down here for them. So again, uh, I think they're a good team. I don't think that they're going to be a great team because I think they just need so many things to go right for them to be a great team. And so I've got them at nine and eight. I do have another team, Ben, in the AFC East, who I think is going 
This one's for Mama Solak. We got the New York Jets, 10 and 7, wild card team. I feel like every football analyst has to, you have to decide who are you who are you rolling with, the Dolphins or the Jets as a playoff team <laughs> this year. We're on opposite sides here. I've got the Jets. Here's the reasoning. Defense, we both agree, is going to be fantastic. I would be very surprised if we saw that defense really regress. I mean, they've got a great defensive line. They've got a stud player at defensive tackle in Quinn and Williams. They've got a stud at cornerback in Sauce Gardner. I like the complimentary pieces, guys like DJ Reed and John Franklin Myers and uh, whoever else you want to throw in that mix, the linebackers uh, on that team as well. So uh, I really like the defense. I think it's a top five defense once again. And then I look at it offensively and I say a year ago, this team was seven and 10 with the worst quarterback in the NFL and the second most injured offensive line in the entire NFL. I'm not coming on here saying Aaron Rodgers is going to win MVP. No, no, no. I think Rodgers needs to play at a competent level. And I think there's reason to believe he can play at a competent, solid, slightly above average level for this Jets offense. In 13 seasons, then with the Packers, Rodgers was a starter, uh, a full-time starter where he didn't get injured. They never finished worse than 11th in offensive DVOA. The last time the Jets finished 11th in offensive DVOA, 2004. Like this is these are different levels we're talking about what Rodgers had to do with the Packers and what Rodgers is going to have to do with the Jets. Now, don't get, listen, I'm concerned about the offensive tackle situation, no doubt at the same time. If three weeks ago you told me it was going to play out like this, where Beckton is showing a little bit something in the preseason, he's going to be their starting right tackle. He's healthy. Dwayne Brown comes back. I know he's old. He's not going to be great. I'm concerned about it. I'm telling you I'm concerned about it. But uh, I think their interior line is pretty good. And I think Garrett Wilson's going to be a superstar this year. I think he's going to lead the NFL uh, in receiving yards. I think Rodgers is just going to spam, uh, spam. Every time he has a one-on-one to Garrett Wilson, he's throwing him the football. So I think they're going to be around like maybe in that like 12 to 15 range offensively. I think they're going to be a top five defense. Uh, and I think they're going to go 10 and seven and make the playoff. Garrett Wilson is 20 to one to lead the league in receiving yards there, Shiel. He's eighth, okay. eighth on the list. Okay, listen, Just be bold. You tell me, this is your take. Yeah, you I'm bold. bold. I, I'm feeling it. Devontae Adams, if you look Rogers MVP seasons in 2020 and 2021, uh, Devontae Adams led the NFL in targets per game. Like uh, Rogers, when he has a guy like that, he, who knows better than Aaron Rodgers when you have a great wide receiver? Yes. Use him, use him, and use him some more. Uh, and Garrett Wilson had over, he had 1,100 yards with Zach Wilson, Joe Flacco, and Mike White last year. I mean, come on. I'm agreeing with you. I'm saying, I'm oh, saying, you gotta, oh. you gotta put your money where your mouth is. <laughs> no, no, th- I put, I put my microphone where my no, that doesn't. I was gonna say my microphone where my mouth is. No, no your I just microphone is currently where your mouth is. You're talking yeah, no, into we, it. Listen, yeah, listen. We have college funds over here to uh, stay for. We can't be betting on Garrett Wilson leading the NFL in receiving yards. Think about how much money you put in the college <laughs> fund after you win. I knew you were gonna this say is the perspective. That. I knew you were gonna say that. I right, would so like why to am I wrong about the for my parents who are listening. I also we're, we're saving money for college funds. Anyway, I I love, I love, I love, I just love coming at me with a whoa to Ron Armstead for the Dolphins. And then she's being like, it, it the guy begged in Dwayne Brown. I'm worried about it, but it'll be fine. Just six different I'm fine. I'm worried about it. I know it's there. It's fine though. I'm worried about it, but it'll be okay. I know, I know it's bad, but it's okay. Um, I think this Jets offensive line is 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 a really scary proposition for a quarterback like Rodgers who just doesn't have um the mobility that he used to. And 
I think you saw last year in Green Bay when he uh, would get pressured, he would become a pretty careless guy, a pretty impatient guy, and would just kind of chuck it up there and ask somebody to make a play, which might work better in New York with a Garrett Wilson uh, relative to Green Bay, where he didn't necessarily have a, a, a wide receiver, a, a pass catcher of that caliber. But I, um, I'll believe that when I see it. I don't. I, I agree that Rodgers doesn't need to be an MVP Rodgers. He needs to be competent Rodgers. The problem is I don't think Rodgers is good at being competent Rodgers. I think Rodgers is good at being either MVP Rodgers or I'm causing problems by just doing what I want to do Rodgers, right? He hasn't necessarily threaded the needle of competent Rodgers in the last five or six years. Um, I am worried about the way that his uh, interest in personnel is going to impact this team. I think that like, there's a lot of worlds in which the Jets start out strong and they, they win a few games. And then when they lose one or two, everybody feels good. And, and we know that we're a good team. And so like everything's hunky dory. But I think there's also a lot of worlds where if things are shaky early, which Rogers Packers teams, you know, didn't necessarily get off to great starts over the last couple of years. Rogers really, really rusty in the first few games of the season last year's. Um, and obviously he got some preseason action this year. So maybe that'll be different. Um, but if things start shaky, I, I just wonder how long the team goes before fingers start getting pointed. And I just, I, I'm very worried about Nathaniel Hackett's ability to manage Rodgers. I'm very worried about Joe Douglas's and Robert Sala's ability to manage their, their roster and their weapons relative to Rodgers. Like, I, I have all the enthusiasm for the world of Garrett Wilson, but I also know that Garrett Wilson, like, freestyles quite a bit. Garrett Wilson's not the strictest and most responsible receiver in terms of timing, which is, like, generally, like, a, a good thing. Like, I think he, he has... Uh, a, a um a natural gift such that it's okay that he does that but i could see rogers getting pissed off about that um running back situation what's gonna what, what's gonna happen when Brees hall is back and looks incredible but then he misses a pass protection assignment and all of a sudden dalvin cook's taking 65 70 percent of the snaps right like i i i'm i i struggle so much to bind to the culture on offense of the jets because of the way that i know rogers tends to manage his packers teams down the stretch and the amount of power he's already been given by this New York organization, I think there's a lot of ways this goes left. Uh, so it's hard for me to have like total faith in the football Jets, even though they're good on paper, because of what I know to, of the culture Jets. All valid. I have questions about the coaching staff yeah. uh, for sure. I do think this is a yeah, this is a team where if they need something, they're probably going to make bad decisions for the future and go get it uh, at the trade deadline. They're just everybody's kind of job is on the line here. Uh, in New York. So all valid. I think some of those things can go wrong and they can still go 10 and seven, but uh, I agree that they have a low floor. I mean, this could be everybody laughing at Sheil in week nine, like you moron, this team stinks. Lookout is a complete disaster. Uh, Aaron Rodgers is disgusting. We're talking like all those things could absolutely happen. So what do you have the Jets uh, as your uh, final record? I have the Jets as, uh, as the eight seed at nine and eight. I have the AFC super challenging. Okay. I have right, them so we just have them 500. flipped the Jets. And, yeah. Oh no. Well, I, I, I have the Jets ten and seven. You have the Dolphins eleven six. I have the Dolphins nine and eight. You have the Jets nine and eight. Yeah. Okay. Gotcha. All right. Uh, uh, Patriots. Uh, really quickly, I guess I've got them at seven and ten. I mean, I just don't see it. I look at the roster and it just screams mediocrity. Mediocrity to me. Twenty five and twenty five since Brady left. Bill O'Brien. I've said it before on this podcast. I thought. Uh, the Patriots really couldn't need it to find an offensive coordinator who could do more with less. I understand Bill O'Brien gives them competency. Bill O'Brien never directed uh, an offense that finished better in the top half of the league 
with the Texans. And that was three years with Deshaun Watson. Now I'm supposed to believe he's going to do that with Mac Jones and Devontae Parker and Mm -hmm. uh, Kendrick Bourne and Juju Smith-Schuster. And by the way, an offensive line that if you've been reading the reports out in New England, I mean, they got a lot of questions on their offensive line with injuries and stuff uh, this summer. You don't like the uh, Trent Brown, Riley Reef starting tackle duo in the year of our Lord 2023? You're not into that? Their guards aren't, yeah, haven't, you know, I guess Cole Strange returned, but uh, on Wenwu uh, did, hasn't been, has had injury issues. So, yeah, they've got a lot going on there. I think the defense regre- is good, but regresses a little bit. I think they'll be a competitive team. I've got them at seven and 10. Where do you have the Patriots? Yeah, I have the Patriots at exactly seven and 10. I would be really tempted to, like, say, like, sneaky playoff team. Like, I, well, Patriots, watch out. If they had, a pass catcher that I really thought was dynamic, right? I'm a big Ramondre Stevenson guy. I'm a totally fine Mac guy. Like the estimations on Mac after year one were way too high. The estimations on Mac after year two are way too were way too low. I, I agree. Yeah, this isn't it a is- Mac Jones like a reflection of Mac Jones to me. You know, yeah. I think he's he's in that class of quarterbacks where if the circumstances are good, I'd be like, all right, yeah, he can. We saw that two years ago. Perfectly acceptable quarterback. Yeah. Um. Uh. So like uh, and, and like I said, a huge Ramondre fan, ton of ton of a uh, 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 betting exposure to Ramondre this year, ton of fantasy exposure. I think he's going to have an incredible season. I think that their offensive line and, and their running game will, will get to a, a spot where they're successful once they're healthy. Um, and then defensively, there's a lot to like at all three levels. I just look at Kendrick Bourne into Juju into Devontae Parker into Hunter Henry with like, you know, again, like even if you like if the, let's say like Tyquan Thornton had like a really strong end of last season, it was like, oh, maybe if, if Thornton hits. But right now, like they just do not have the pass catchers that that are going to scare me against top passing offenses, and it's not like Mac, or excuse me, against top passing defenses, and it's not like Mac can account for that uh, from a talent level perspective. So they're uh, they're a run and play defense team, and I like if they were in the NFC, they might be the seven seed in the yeah. AFC. I don't think I don't think that that cuts the mustard. I agree. All right, let's take a we went long on the AFC. That's an interesting division. It's we'll take a break. Area. Yeah, we'll take a break. We'll come back. We will get to the other divisions in the AFC. Get ready for the NFL season with incredible offers from FanDuel, America's number one sports book. Right now, new customers can bet $5 and get 200 in bonus bets guaranteed. Plus, all customers who bet $5 will get $100 off NFL Sunday ticket from YouTube and YouTube TV. Some of the ones I like, let's see, you know, I like the under on the AFC South teams, the Colts and the Texans. I don't think they're going to be ready to win a lot of games with those rookie quarterbacks, but hey, you might like something else. Now is the best time to join FanDuel. The app is easy to use, and you can bet on everything from spreads to player props and more. So visit FanDuel.com slash RingerNFL and kick off the NFL season with an offer you won't want to miss. FanDuel, official partner of the NFL. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. First online real money wager only. $10 first deposit required. Bonus issued as non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire seven days after receipt. Restrictions apply. See terms at sportsbook.fanduel.com. NFL Sunday ticket. Offer ends 9-18-23. No refunds. Terms and embargoes apply. $100 off NFL Sunday ticket. Not YouTube TV. YouTube TV base plan required to watch YouTube TV. Redemption requires a Google account and current form of payment. Commercial use excluded. This episode is brought to you by State Farm. There's no better feeling than a personal win, and the State Farm personal price plan can help you do just that. 
Talk to a State Farm agent today to learn how you can bundle and save with the personal price plan. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Prices are based on rating plans that vary by state. Coverage options are selected by the customer. Availability, amount of discounts and savings, and eligibility vary by state. This episode is brought to you by Modelo. What does a true fan look like? It's cheering the loudest. It's never missing a game, no matter what. And for that, you deserve an ice-cold reward. Because you are a fighter, and Modelo is your reward. Modelo, the mark of a fighter. Shop delivery or pickup options near you at ordermodelo.com. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Imports, Chicago, Illinois. All right, we are back on Extra Point Taken. AFC North, Ben, we have, I think, from our first show together, the longstanding um, history of disagreeing on how the AFC North is going to play out. Let's see if that continues into this season. Who do you got? I'll tell you, Bengals are going to win it. Bengals are going to win the division. Oh, uh, sur- yeah. I'm surprised. Really? I thought you would pick I, the Ravens. I think the Ravens are going to be very good. I also okay. think the, the Ravens are have a uh, change in offensive coordinator and a very dramatic shift in offensive scheme and a quarterback coming back from injury and changes his uh, second year of a defensive coordinator and like some young edge rushers. They got a lot that's like in the air. And I feel really good about the way a lot of that's going to break. Um, like I said, I have a, t- a, I have a ton of Ramondre exposure. I think I've said on the show before, I've never had more preseason exposure and, and on a on a single player than I do on Lamar Jackson passing overs. You can get Lamar Jackson over three thousand three hundred passing yards on FanDuel right now. That is a ludicrous number. That is an unbelievably low number for a player who's going to be playing in a pass first offense who won MVP as a quarterback. That is it is an astonishing number. If Lamar is healthy, he's going over that number. I um, like it. You're like offended by FanDuel's number. You should I, it, call them. Yeah, it's. I, I will. I, I will say, like you know, uh, Fanduel partner Ringer NFL show. Love Fanduel. Fanduel's usually sharper on preseason player props than the other books are. Right? If you go, if you go, and you because you, you look at lines just to see, okay, who's higher, who's lower, kind of what's the average here. And Fanduel's lower than other books on the Lamar line. And I Fanduel, Fanduel, come talk to me. I will tell you. No, you gotta jack this puppy up. You and know what? Lamar Jackson. Passing. You know what? They're playing chess here. Stolak, yeah. they knew Stolak's not going to be able to resist this. Forget all the ad reads. He's just going to incorporate this organically into the oh, wildly popular Extra Point go. Taken show. And now everyone's going to be logging into their FanDuel app. So I think that is probably the lesson. Big Sorry. brain. Go ahead. Um, anyways, <laughs> this was supposed to be about the Bengals. Um, I think a lot's going to break right for the Ravens. But a lot has already broken right for the Bengals. Right? Burrow, Brian Callahan, Lou Anarumo. We know about it. Um, the T Higgins and Jamar Chase like like this this passing offense is going to be successful their offensive line reached that that caliber you needed to reach it last year where they're not going to be a massive issue and then they added Orlando Brown which if Brown is is, is a big jump which I'm, I'm I waver on that but if Brown's a jump then you have a, a, a quality offensive line Joe Mixon comes back they have to fill the Samaj P Ryan role but in general like this running game was functional last year even with Mixon not necessarily being the most effective back like we we know this works defensively there's room for questions the departures of 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 von bell and jesse bates inviting those questions but they did a good job keeping the front fairly stable joseph osai injury is a little bit frustrating but they keep get both linebackers back readers back hendrickson's back on an extension uh and then cam taylor brett who uh, is a second round pick i keep on saying he was a a day three pick he was a second round pick we had a listener remind me um stepping out at one of the outside corner spots to take over for eli apple just the continued good drafting of Duke Tobin, the ability to cycle these guys back in. They have Dax Hill now uh, to be that that safety uh, uh, in the back end for them. And 
they feel really positive about what they've seen from Dax Hill. So we'll, we'll find out. That's where you you introduce the uncertainty. But we're talking about the back-to-back AFC North champion where the biggest uncertainty is, will the first-round pick that they took at safety last year be able to step in? Like, that's, like, your largest question. Uh, Joe Burrow's back in practicing. Like, I feel... I, I, I would be very stunned if the Bengals, like, totally fall through the floor with, with, with the way they've evolved the offense, the way they've responded to defensive changes. Like, this is a very mature and very competitive team. So I think it's going to be a great division. I think they're going to lose some close games in the division. The, the record might not look good as last year, but I think they're still going to be good enough to win it. You've got them at what? What's the win total for the Bengals? 12 and 5. Worth okay. remarking, uh, no team has ever won the AFC North three years in a row. Last time it happened, it was called the AFC Central. All right. So mm. this is the Bengals here. Potential record setting season of, of <laughs> dominance in this longtime competitive division. It's really cool. I've got the Bengals, too. Uh, I just think they're a complete team. And I just trust Burrow. Burrow was the quarterback we were talking about uh, earlier. And we don't need to get in a, a big discussion about it. But I absolutely put him in that class. I mean, his last four years, he had one of the greatest college seasons we've ever seen. 60 touchdowns, six interceptions. He got to the Super Bowl in his second season. Uh, and then he got to the NFC champ. He's beaten Josh. You know, I know it's not just him, but they've beaten Patrick Mahomes and Josh Allen on the road in the playoffs in consecutive seasons. Like, I just trust him. It doesn't look as flat. Like, Josh Allen's highs are going to be higher and his lows are going to be lower. Joe Burrow is more of a steady hand, but I think that undersells what he does. I think the evolution they showed last year where it's, hey, we can't play the way we played in 2021. You've mentioned it before. Usually quarterbacks who take a lot of sacks continue to take a lot of sacks. Not Burrow. He changed the way he played. They were more efficient. They were great on early downs. And so uh, I just trust him. Like, I think he's going to be playing this way. Uh, you know, hopefully he's healthy for like the next 10 years and it's just going to be year in and year out. Joe Burrow completing like 68 to 70% of his passes. The Bengals finishing with the top eight offense. The Bengals either winning the AFC North or in the, and it's a wild card team. Uh, and I just find him to be a very reliable, trustworthy quarterback. So uh, last year, 14 and five, if you include the playoffs and they lost one game by more than a field goal, like this was a really impressive complete team last year. I think it's going to continue this year. They're sort of taking the offensive line philosophy of we don't need all pros. Let's just try to make sure we don't have a weakness. And I think that's right. fine. I think they're I think they're deeper than they've been probably uh, with Burrow and with Orlando Brown. Let me clarify. I don't think Orlando Brown is an elite left tackle. So I already know you're going to be yelling at me in week three when he gives up like a big sack and say, I told you, I think he's an upgrade on Jonah Williams at left tackle. And I think he's going to be an upgrade for them uh, as a whole, because this was a very good rushing team last year. And I think they're going to be a good rushing team uh, again this year. So yeah, the, the burrow calf injury that it's, it's gave me a little scare, but as we record this, there was footage. We saw the footage. He returned to practice. And so uh, hopefully he's on track to return in, uh, in week one and be okay. So uh, I don't think I have a lot more to add. I'm a little less bullish on their defense than you. Bill Barnwell had a a graphic that I really liked where he kind of looked at how many defenses, like basically defenses that face the most and the fewest uh, like starting quarterbacks for, you know, who benefited the most from facing backups basically. And the Bengals were number one. I think Uh, it was like 56% or something uh, of their opposing pass attempts last year were against backup or number two quarterbacks and the safety stuff I, I can't like understate that I mean those guys were really good and knew that scheme inside and out Von Bell and Jesse Bates so even if they're bullish on the new guys uh, I feel like there's probably going to be a little learning curve there and I mm-hmm. think they take a little step back so I've got them I have a graphic I have a the, graphic on my Twitter about how yeah. against elite quarterbacks since 2021 they against the Bengals defense they average Mac Jones's EPA per play so I got really? I got my own I graphic like to go 
to go up against Barnwell's Barnwell's anti-Lou propaganda out there, but Barnwell's <laughs> absolutely correct. <laughs> there you go. Hey, listen, I, li- I like a Lou also. All right. Uh, so we've both got the Bengals winning the division. Do you have a wild card team from this division? And the no Ravens, baby. Yeah. Okay. Uh, I I think Baltimore's like I, I, everything I said about Baltimore at the top. I think Baltimore's going to end up really good. If they end up really good by figuring it out in November, we might be in trouble. I think they're going to be able to figure it out through October and 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 be okay. Worth remarking, this Ravens team played the Bengals really really well down the stretch, late yes. especially defensively. Uh, they were the team that gave the most issues to Cincinnati. Uh, that playoff game, man, like it, like again, like if only's and just for candies and nuts. Like it's, uh, you talk about hypotheticals all the time, but it took a 99 yard fumble return for a touchdown for yeah. the backup quarterback for the Bengals to beat the Ravens in the postseason. We, we should have had the Dolphins beat the Bills and the Ravens beat the Bengals, both with backup quarterbacks in the postseason last year. <laughs> and think about how twisted and hard these narratives would be if that's what happened. But it isn't. Um, we get Bengals Ravens in week two this year. Gonna be a really early test for okay. Was uh, uh, what adjustments have Joe has Joe Burrow made uh, and 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 Brian Callahan made to deal with this defense? And then what uh, is the new look offense going to look like? Is it going to be a good enough passing game to really outscore the Bengals uh, and to push for this division title? I don't necessarily again think it'll be in September, but I think they're going to get there. Um, the the two things about the Ravens that I think are really really important to remark: number one, uh, wide receiver wise. Like between Zay Flowers, Odell Beckham Jr., Rashad Bateman, do we know if any of them are good? No. Probably one. Like in total, just like the cumulative yeah, odds yeah. that that one of them is good as, are pretty high. I feel I feel positively about one of these guys being available and impactful long term for the Ravens. There's still worlds worlds in which they get like two, and that's incredible. Um, but I do think that like. There's, there's some like, oh, like the Ravens, you know, what wide receivers do they have? I think in, in general, they have enough talent and enough, like this is a first round pick, a first round pick and an ex like young star receiver in the league. Like was Odell was good last time we saw him pre-injury and he took a long time off off that injury. It's not like he's coming off an ACL from nine months ago. This was over a season ago. So I think you, 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 you do feel good about that. That's number one. And we're comparing them to last year's group. So yes. it's, yeah, I, I'm kind of with you. I, I have been saying that, like, are we sure any of these guys is, I think at mm-hmm. one point it was a little overrated how big the upgrades were and how sure people felt about it but i think your the way you framed it is correct the odds are it's going to be much better than last year even if it's not you know among the you know, 10 yeah. best in the league yeah and then the other thing is i and we talked about this a little bit on the defensive pod i the the biggest concern i have for the ravens is that they're not going to have enough edge rush presence to really really win with a four down rush and uh, over the last few years against these elite quarterbacks in the AFC, particularly Mahomes and Allen, you can't blitz them. It's just a, like if you do, you die. Uh, and I'm worried that with, with Odafe Owe and with David Ojabo, there's just not, uh, J- Javon Clowney gets added in free agency, there's just not enough of an outside pass rush presence there. They're going to have to rush the passer. Even if that's the case, I will say this team is really, really, really well suited to be that simulated pressure team, to be that send four from a different spot team because they have guys who can drop in coverage and then they have such a good spine. Right, like like Michael Pierce, Justin Matabuki at defensive tackle, Roquan Smith, Patrick Queen at linebacker, Marcus Williams, uh, Kyle Hamilton at safety. They have such a good spine of the defense that they can do a lot of. They're they're one of the very few teams that has the necessary personnel to be really creative with their pressure packages and like spin guys around, and rotate guys around, and actually do it successfully. So there's a, a lot of that is assuming Mike McDonald's really got the juice, and I currently think Mike McDonald has the juice. 
I'm not sure if he has enough juice or if I'm confident enough in my estimation of his juice. <laughs> but if he's if he's really got it, then like this can be the sort of team where like think about like the Spagnolo Chiefs, where like you get to the postseason and it's like they don't have a pass rusher. How are they doing this? They're just real they're extremely good blitz team that 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 calls at the right times and 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 always gets that free rusher. Like the 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 Ravens have a similar makeup. You just don't like Spags has got 20 years of experience doing this. McDonald's a, a young cat, so you don't know for sure. Um, but there's worlds in which, like, even with bad edge rush presence, the Ravens still are, are a good enough pressure team to get the job done against elite quarterbacks. So I've got the, and you have the Ravens winning how many games? I have the Ravens winning 11 games. So Bengals in the okay. division at 12, Ravens win 11 and 6. Okay, I've got the Ravens at 10 and 7, but missing the playoffs. Because, because ahead of them... They're in a tie with another team in this, and the other team wins the tiebreaker, and that's the Pittsburgh Steelers. I've got making the playoffs. These are your boys. Ten, ten and seven. It's kind of like I'm just pandering to the Solak family. I was about you know? to like say, Nick, yeah. You, yeah, you called Nick Sirianni the pander king with like Philadelphia stuff. I'm kind of the pander king with just the uh, Solak family. The oh, Solak listen, family. I'll wear that. That's a good spot to be in. Uh, so I like, the, I like the Ravens. Listen, the Ravens have won 74% of their games with Lamar Jackson. That's a wild number. 74% of their games when he's the starter. I know that's not all because of Lamar. A lot of it is because of Lamar. They've had good special teams. They've had good defenses, but they have different ways they can win. I like that about the Ravens. They can win with offense. They can win with defense. They can win with special teams. I'm a little concerned that this transition with a new offensive coordinator and two new wide receivers, that it's going to take some time for them to really become what we think and hope that they can become offensively. So I think that could show itself in the first, whatever, a half of this season. And that's why I'm a little, uh, a little lower on them maybe than you. And then defensively, I agree with it. Like I look at the Ravens and I go, I trust the infrastructure, not only Mike McDonald, John Harbaugh is like a really, you know, I know he was a special teams coach. He's a really good defensive coach in my opinion uh, as well. Like they've done this under multiple defensive coordinators. But what did you tell me on a recent pod? A lot of times defense comes down to can you rush and can you cover? And I go, yeah, I don't really know if they yep. can do either with Marlon Humphrey being injured. So I do trust them to do more with less. But at the end of the day, it's like, you know, there are going to be downs where you can't kind of uh, fool the fool the offense or make the quarterback hold the, uh, hold the ball for an extra half second. And it's just like a one-on-one, -on -one, can your guy beat the other guy? And I don't love them in that aspect of it. So that, that's probably why I'm a little bit lower on them there. And then the Steelers. Listen, the Steelers, I just, like, I just look at a Mike Tomlin coach team and he's given us 16 years of evidence that the floor is probably 500. With, with, I, I can't, couldn't believe last year, you know, the other Roethlisberger year, how is this team getting to 500? Uh, and so I just trust the coach and the infrastructure that they'll go through ups and downs. And by the end of the year, you'll look up and they will either be at 500 or above 500. So that that's one thing. And then Kenny Pickett, year one to year two. I'm not telling you he's Joe Montana like uh, Papa Solak, but uh, I do think he improved last year, and I am interested to see what he brings to the table this year. The offensive line has questions, but I think they addressed some of those in the offseason, and I think there's a scenario where the offensive line is pretty good. The pass catchers are good with with Pickens and Deontay Johnson and Fryermuth, who had, what, over 700 yards uh, last year. So I like all that. Uh, and I love the defense. I think it's a top 10 defense. I think it could be a top five defense. I think it could be the best defense in the NFL. Now to my point about the Ravens, do I have questions that they can cover? Yes, I do have questions yeah. that they can cover. 
I don't have questions about whether they're going to rush the passer, though. I mean, that is a formidable uh, front seven, specifically a formidable pass rush with TJ Watt, uh, Cam Hayward, Highsmith, Marcus Golden, Keanu Benton. I'm with the hipsters on Keanu Benton, Ben Solak. I think he's going to be a very good uh, rookie right away. So uh, I like all that. Listen, the reason I'm hesitant is because basically the only thing the smart football people in my life can unanimously agree on is that Matt Canada is not a good offensive coordinator. I mean, I don't know anyone who who's, who zags uh, to that opinion and that analysis, and they will show you the clips, and they will tell you, look at this, what are they doing here? How is this their offense? Literally everybody I know who I trust with football opinions. Does that scare me a little bit? Yes, that scares me a little bit. If they had made an OC change, and they had someone who I felt really good about, if they, like, went and got Kellen Moore uh, or something, I would probably be even more bullish on the Steelers. But uh, that's the reason why I don't have them winning the division uh, and I have them at 10 and 7. But I, I think the pieces are there for this to be a really good team. Tell me yeah, why the, I'm uh, No, I... I the, the August... Like, the award for August team among sports writers goes to the Steelers. I feel like every... Is that like, true? Oh, like like Mina's big on the Steelers right now. You're big okay. on the Steelers. Good company, I, right? Pickett had the the like all oh, preseason. He threw three go balls. Like oh, maybe. Oh, I don't pay attention to that. No, that's I'm I'm out on that part of it. They've been they. <laughs> I feel like they've just been the August team. They've been the sleeper team. They've been the hype team. Uh, I am really worried about this coverage unit. Um, I think that I agree that the Steelers front four is 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 uh, very exciting. I like Cole Holcomb. I've always liked Cole Holcomb, but Holcomb is a limited player in coverage because of his size. Landon Roberts is not much of an impact player in, in coverage because of how he plays. And then it's Levi Wallace, DeMonte KZ, Patrick Peterson, and Chandon Sullivan all filling in around, around Minka. There's only so much the young man Minka can do. Uh, I, I, yeah, I'm not putting a limit on what he can do. He might be able yeah. to do all of it, cover everybody. I think when... when uh, when you're snagging off of waivers a cornerback that was released by the Houston Texans in Desmond King, that kind of tells you where, what the coaching staff feels about your, uh, your your secondary there. And King's got utility; like he's a blitz player for them. He's a like, you know he's like a sub package Mike Hilton guy for them. Like I get that, but in general, this is a really shaky secondary, and it's an injuring away, which is not like a a rare thing to project on a secondary it's got patrick peterson and uh, who's over 30 and demonte kz and levi wallace to injure away from like really having some guys that you can you can you can you can you can circle like they're gonna start chan and sullivan the vikings gonna bring back chan and sullivan like this is not this is this is a is a is a very worrisome group to me that i think gets gets passed over and, and kind of waved away a lot more uh the other thing is i think that my like Pickett played better last season than I than I thought he would as a rookie, and he improved. I don't think that the year two leap for Pickett is going to be as large as a lot of people expect. And the reason for that is, uh, it goes back to like like um like just like play style. Like Pickett's a weird dude. Where in terms of play style, you would assume he's like six four two twenty and runs like a like a four five. Like he he just like is like constantly screwing around back there, like scrambling, break tackles, like launch the ball down the field. And he, he he doesn't have that degree of athleticism to him. Like he 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 gets it done by being smart and being really making really quick decisions and being aggressive and giving his receivers chances. Uh, I don't like it's not. I don't think Pickett's going to come out from this summer and suddenly be like way faster or like way bigger and way stronger. I think he's going to continue playing the same way, 
and kind of living on the that's a kind of a razor's edge that you live on I, I, quarterbacks typically don't change their stripes so i don't think in year two in the nfl he's gonna start being this like dynamic dice him up from the pocket passer which he's never been like the, there's 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 like a fan fiction that gets written about him that's like he's like this like you know processor that he just he was not it at pit and he was not it last year it's not it doesn't happen on his film um and, I, and guys don't just start doing that at the nfl level if they do it's usually because they have to because they have no other alternative and pickett does have an alternative he does his run around scramble thing um and so i don't think the year two leap for pickett is going to be as 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 large as people want it to be uh, as large as some people hope it'll be I, I, I can't emphasize this enough because I know Steelers fans are going to be mad at me. He's definitely better in the league than I thought he'd be. I just, I don't, I, the issue is I, don't, I, I, see our, I, I see Pickett bumping into the ceiling. I, and this was my issue with him coming out. I don't see how it gets a lot better than, than what we've already seen from him. But I was wrong before, so maybe I'm wrong again. Yeah, I, I've got their offense making a minor jump. I, don't, I, I sort of agree with you there. I think they'll be slightly above average uh, offensively, and I'm kind of counting on the defense and the coaching to lead the way. Also, eighth easiest schedule in the NFL if you look at uh, projected win total. So I've got the Steelers and Ravens both at 10-7, and seven, but the Steelers getting in. Where do you have the Steelers, Ben? How many wins? I have them at 9-8, and eight, and then I have the, the Browns okay. at 6-11. and 11. I'm officially planting the flag. I don't think the Browns are going to be good. Uh, I don't think Deshaun Watson's going to play well, and I think if Deshaun Watson doesn't play well, I don't think the offense works. And then defensively, I think they can get a lot better from last season just because of replacement value. Like, you just, Jim Schwartz just makes them functional. But I don't see them, like, you obviously see them as a super high ceiling defense. I don't have them there. So, like, the Browns will be good if Deshaun's good. And I don't have a lot of faith right now that Deshaun's going to be good. I've got them at nine and eight, not making the playoffs. And everything that they, that it has nothing to do with X's and O's or personnel. I just think the pressure on this group, I don't trust them to handle it. With, with the Deshaun Watson move, with him having four years of guaranteed money, with everyone feel like they're, co- they're coaching and everything they're doing in that building is for uh, job security. And I think there's going to be uh, you know, stories about, hey, Deshaun doesn't necessarily love this offense. And then there's going to be stories about, well, Stefanski maybe wasn't you know 100% on board. with. Like There's going to be, I think, finger pointing starting. Uh, and I think it's going to be uh, tough to get over. I mean, on paper... You could absolutely make the case that Watson should be more of the player he was previously, but come on, it's been three years since he's been that been a good quarterback. Like this isn't just one year uh, down. I mean, he didn't play, uh, and then last year he was not good in this scheme. I also think they're thin offensively. I mean, one Bradley Chubb or one Amari Cooper uh, injury away from looking around and going, wait, who is making plays uh, for this offense? So yeah, I don't think they're going to have a great offense. Uh, I think their defense is going to be really good. I think the pressure is going to get to them, and I think they're going to be around 500. I've got them slightly over, but not making the playoffs. All right, that's the AFC North. AFC South, Ben Solak, are we, are we going to go four for four with our same division winners? What, what's going on here? Who do well, you got? You shouldn't, you shouldn't have picked. I mean, like, South and West, yeah, it's <laughs> over. Like, we're not. <laughs> it's four for <laughs> yeah, four for sure. This is wild. Uh, the Jaguars are winning this division. Though, for sure. Uh, yeah, the Jaguars are winning this division. Uh, they're going to win it because they're a very, they're a very good team. They have a very good coach in Doug Peterson, a very good quarterback in Trevor Lawrence. They have now, I think, a really nice cadre of weapons featuring Calvin Ridley, which Ridley is another one of these guys where, okay, there's probably going to be a, a onboarding process when he comes back. I think there's gonna, probably going to be a little bit of rust for Ridley to knock off. But once you knock it off, that's a legit wide receiver one. You have a great receiving tight end in Evan Ingram. You have a good second receiver. Christian Kirk, good third receiver in Zay Jones. Like when this last year was Kirk, Zay, and Ingram, it like didn't make sense because you're like, what? And then you introduce Ridley as like an actual wide receiver one. You're like, oh, now everybody else's role 
makes sense. Everybody knocks down a slot, and and, and this is intuitive. Um, Travis Etienne, who's a great back, uh, has you know a, a, a dynamic play uh, in a league opening offense opening ability, and also has some issues. So they draft Tank Bigsby, and they kind of try to shore that up a little bit. So you have you have a, a backfield that you like a ton. You have an offensive line that I, I think is a an underrated offensive line. Cam Robinson absence in the beginning of the year, but they love Walker Lowe on the left side. Anton Harrison, the uh, rookie, has looked really, really good at right tackle for them in the preseason. Uh, this, is, this is a great offensive coaching staff and Doug Peterson, and then a great offense in Trevor Lawrence and and company. Awesome. Defense. Uh, <laughs> you know, just don't worry about it. Um, we'll be fine. I would like for one of these edge rushers to be good. I would like for Tyson Campbell deserves his due. That's a good, solid outside corner right there. Like yeah. Tyson Campbell. Um, there's just so many guys that you look at this roster who are either like second contract free agents who are like signed to decently sized deals, right? Roy Robertson, Harris, Devon Hamilton, Foley, Fatukasi, or guys who were drafted somewhere in the first couple of rounds. Josh Allen, Trayvon Walker, Devin Lloyd, uh, uh, Andre Cisco in the third round, right? You have a, a, a Foye Aluakon at linebacker who's another free agent guy. And you're just like, all right, who is my high impact player over here? Like, who, who, who's my guy who's like, you know, top 10, top 15 in his position? Like, Josh Allen looked like he was kind of on that way maybe at some point. But I, I think he's kind of rounded out to not necessarily be that guy. Um, and then, like I said, Tyson Campbell is a solid corner one. Um, but even then, again, it's not like, like, okay, super high impact, like scary. He's always going to line up against the other wide receiver one. He's always going to dominate. This defense just they've they've poured resources in, but they just have not gotten uh, uh paid off for that. And I think it'll continue to be a acceptable defense. Uh I don't think it'll win games for you. I th- I think there'll probably be a couple of top offenses you play where you're just begging it to get a stop and it can't. I don't think it's like terrible and, and bad enough that they're in jeopardy of losing the division in a in a division that otherwise has not a lot of teeth to it. But man, like this this Jaguars offense rounded out on such a nice timeline. It's so emphatically ready. And you just wish this defense were ready to pull its weight and like give the Jags some like actual legit legs as like a top tier AFC team. And I just can't get there because of because of that side of the depth chart. How many wins for the Jaguars? I gave the Jaguars uh, 10 wins. The Jaguars are 10 and 7. Okay. I, wa- I was All very right. tempted to give them more, but then I didn't because that's responsible. Yeah, you looked at the defense. Yes. Uh, I've got the Jaguars at 11 and six winning the division. I mean, I offensively, I don't have a lot more to add. I think Trevor Lawrence is going to be a, uh, full blown superstar this Trevor year. I mean, th- yeah. Uh, you listen, you might read a bold, bold predictions column from a, uh, bald, handsome Indian man next week on the ringer. And that might be one of his, uh, one of his predictions. Kevin Nagandi lost his hair and started working for us. Never. I mean, have you seen no. <laughs> Kevin Nagandi, the goat sports Indian, his hair is not the going goat. anywhere. Lucky guy. All right. Uh, yeah, I just think the offense is going to be great. I trust the coach. I trust the quarterback. Last year was coming off of, a, like, that was the first year of them together, and they're throwing to Christian, like you said, Christian Kirk and Zay Jones. Now you add a Ridley uh, to that mix. I think it's all going to come together, and it's going to be a top five offense. I'm with you on the defense. The only hope, if you're a Jaguars fan listening to this and you're like, no, give me hope that they can like get to the AFC championship or even the Super Bowl. I will say they have a lot of young players on defense. So like maybe, you know, with pedigrees, maybe a couple of those guys pop, but really there's no statistical case for the defense to be better. I think they were 26th in DVOA last year. And that was with Mm -hmm. a lot of luck, like the turnover stuff, the health luck. Uh, working in their favor. And so um, there's just, uh, unless those young players really take a step step up, which is possible, I don't think they're going to have a great defense. So I've got them at I, uh, 11 and six. I would say there's a, there's a little bit more hope that the Jaguars are an AFC championship team. And that is, you had the ball 
you're down two scores, but you had the ball with five minutes left against the Chiefs, seventeen to twenty-seven. Like you, the, the Jaguars played the Chiefs well in that divisional yeah. round game, right? They held right. their water, and they had turnovers, right? Uh, uh, their their last two of the last three meaningful dri- drives were a fumble, uh, which was inside the Kansas City ten, if memory serves, and then an interception. Uh, a young team making mistakes on a big stage, not an unfamiliar trope. Um, this after they were two and eight, two and seven, and then finished the season like on like a seven win, six win streak to even get there. Right, you're a little, little tired, right? <laughs> you you feel like you're you know you feel like you're, you're ordained, right? It was always the Jags, as they said last year, but you're also like wiped. This year, like handle your business, beat up on a bad division, get that that Z next to your name or that X, that Y. I don't know what the letters are. Lock down yeah. the division week fifteen, week sixteen. And you can really like spend the that end of the season orienting yourself on here's how we're going to beat the really good teams. Um, and so like even if the defense is as they were last year, I don't think it's out of the realm of possibility that this offense and this coaching staff is good enough that like a couple things break their way. The Jacks could be a, 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 a one of the two teams le- left in the AFC. I and agree with the, that. And then the attention on the defense will really get right, really get yeah. get big once uh, once they're on that stage and you realize just how much more they need they need a boost on that side of the ball. Yeah, I agree with that. The offense does give them a high ceiling. I think it can be that good. And then defensively, it's like, even if you're not that great, can you come up with a, get, you know, something in a one game playoff that uh, survive, allows you to survive and gives the offense a chance to win? All right. The rest of this division, I don't think we need to spend a whole lot of time. Uh, do you have another wild card team from this division? I guess I should ask. No. Okay. The, if I, I'm, uh, if, 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 if I, if, Right now, joining this Riverside call, a fourth video showed up, and it was me six months in the future, and I told you that the Titans made the wild card round. How surprised would you be? Not surprised. I've got the Titans at eight and nine, and of the teams I left off, they were the one I'm like, ooh, I'm kind of intrigued by having them in there. But I I just looked at 35-year-old quarterback and bottom 5-0 line, and I couldn't do it. I like the defense. I have questions about Mm -hmm. them at corner. I kind of like the supporting cast around Tannehill more than I certainly did like, you know, five months ago. I'm like, oh, as a big trailer players guy. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. I can't. I, the offensive line, I can't. That's the issue. 100%. That's yeah. it. Yep. That's it. So, how many wins do you have for the Titans? I have the Titans at seven and 10. But again, okay. a, a 10 and seven Titans team would just shock me absolute zero. Yeah. I've got them at eight and nine. I've got the Colts five and 12. I've got the Texans uh, four and and 13 where do you have those those two teams i have the colts at five and 12 i have the texans at three and 14 um okay colts are colts are a weird one that roster bad right yes. like the the colts general colts roster management is something i've talked <laughs> about a lot and there was a press conference yesterday that i had a bunch of tweets lined up and i kept deleting them so i was like there's no need for this but I, oh, I, what discipline, what restraint you've shown. You're maturing. If people like people look at my Twitter, like you tweet a lot and you tweet things <laughs> and you get aggressive on people. I'm like, you should see the stuff I don't tweet, Tiger. All right. This is just curated content. That sounds like a show next off season. Tweet read the here are the tweets Ben didn't send out. Nope. It does not. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I if you if if you I do not have a burner account for many reasons, but one of them <laughs> yeah. is because the amount that I would tweet about 19-year-old individuals when I'm losing money on a college football game would be just damning. It would be so bad. Regardless, what were we talking about? The Titans? You were saying the Colts Colts roster stinks, but... The Colts love to do this whole thing about like, oh, the quarterback and Jonathan Taylor. Like, what do we do? Crazy. 
what happened to the rest of this roster, man? Like you, you, you can cover the parts of the Colts roster that they like want. Like they, oh, we've had such unluck and such drama here. Like all this nonsense. What happened to wide receiver? What happened to corner? What what happened to defensive line? What are we doing? This is not a good roster. Uh, and so the the Colts, I I like my first pass. I was like they're one in sixteen, and then I was like, nah, they're not one in sixteen. Because once Richardson starts getting his sea legs under him, Richardson's got that ability to like, you know, uh, uh, fold an offense, bend an offense, kind of they be such a such an impactful force that they're going to be able to beat some bad teams late in the season. Yeah, I think his legs and then his cannon. It's like there'll be a couple of weeks where we're all going, okay, there it is. That's why they picked him. But man, 21 years old, started 13 games in college and completed 53.8% of his passes last year with that supporting cast. Like that's just, uh, I, I don't think they're going to pass the ball well. I don't think they're going to cover the pass well. Hard to win games like that. They do have the third easiest schedule. That's why I got them up to uh, five and 12. And then the Texans, I think the defense can be interesting. I think the run game can be interesting. They've already had some O-line issues. I don't like their skill group. Uh, I think they're going to have a rough go there at four and 13. All right. Take a quick break. We'll come back. We'll get to the AFC West and then we'll pick our Super Bowl winner for the 2023 season. All right. We are back on extra point taken. I don't know how much time we really need to spend on the chiefs. I've got them. Uh, unless you have a surprise for me, I've got him at 12 and five last five years with Mahomes, 12, 12, 14, 12, 14, their wins. Do I have some concerns about the offensive tackles and the wide receivers and no Chris Jones? Yes. Do I also think I'm going to have those concerns and they're still going to win 12 games? Yes. What did I miss? Uh, you missed their 13th win to get them to 13 and four. Okay. Uh, other than that, <laughs> other than that nothing. <laughs> um, I will say, I would like for this team to employ Chris Jones fairly soon. Okay. Yeah. I I started to do my power rankings and prognosticate some player props for week one. And this Lions rushing <laughs> game against this non-Chris Jones Chiefs defense, man, I tell you right now. I'm just saying, like, if you're Chris Jones and you're you're saying, okay, I you know, I where where's my leverage? What are what are my what's my uh uh like you know what what's this gonna look like if I have to hold out, right? Lions are a great week one opponent to draw, man, because they are about to run the football all over this this Chiefs defense. Um, I think that I think Jones is, is back in a Chiefs uniform fairly soon, and if it's not for week one, I'm gonna be pretty quick at, quickly after week one because uh, this is a, a worrisome defensive front against the run uh, and against the pass too, for being honest. Uh, for as long as Chris Jones isn't out there. Yeah, it's wild. I did my defensive rankings for the ringer and I looked at the Chiefs and I'm like, this could be one of the better defenses they've had with Mahomes. I'm like, they got a lot of young players who played last year who, if they continue to improve, this could be really good. And so I had them at 17. And then I did the exercise of, Shield, what if Chris Jones doesn't play? And I'm like, holy cow. I think I'd have yeah. him at like 25 or 26. Like, talk about if you talk about players that like one unit, one defense can't afford to lose. He's got to be in like the top five to right. eight in the NFL. And like, obviously we, we know more than just last season off of Chris Jones, but if you're going off of last season, you're losing 15 and a half sacks. Yeah. If you don't bring the guy back, right. Which is yeah. more than his defensive tackle typically accounts for. Um, it's right. It, it's they have, they have Kalen Saunders depart in free agency. Right. Um, obviously like 
the the George Karloftis draft pick and the Felix and Yuduke Uzoma draft pick, I think are both good selections to round out this 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 pass rush. But if you cannot possibly get the luck you did off of all your young secondary players last year and go straight into all of your young defensive linemen working, if you do, right. that's just cheating to have 15 and then to also be able to do that. Um, so I just think, right, without without Jones, firstly, I think that like the defensive line is going to have such big issues. And then secondly, like I, like Nick Bolton, you know, it's like a huge like postseason run, like ton of tackles, like ton of visibility. Bolton's a, a good player, is a useful player. You want to see the limits of a smaller, stubbier linebacker, though. Take Chris Jones out from in front of him and then ask him to play the same way and see what happens. But again, Bolton's a fine player, but I think I, I, Bolton's gonna in, in for a different world if he's playing without Chris, without Chris Jones on the defensive line. I do not think the Lions are beating the Chiefs, obviously, but I do think. <laughs> That this Lions offense can put a lot of points on this defense. I think we're in, we're in for a fun season opener. Uh, a week from a week from today, Shield. There you go. All right, I have a feeling that we're going to disagree. So you have your two wild cards so far are the Ravens and the Dolphins. My two are the Steelers and the Jets. I think we may disagree on the third one as well. Who is your third wild card team out of the AFC West? Are you taking the Broncos? <laughs> Defend I asked yourself. you a question, defend, Ben. Defend never yourself. answer a question defend, with a question. Just all right, I am, your choices. All right, all right, I am taking the Broncos. 10 and 7, I've got Sicko. the Broncos. Do I feel good about it? Of course not. I feel disgusting about it. I want to go upstairs right now and take a shower and see, you know, when you smack yourself in the face and splash water, what am I doing with my life? We've all had those moments. Maybe I'm sharing a little too much here. Uh, that's what I want to do when I say out loud that I'm picking the Broncos to make the playoffs. Here's the rule. It's the, it's the Urban Meyer rule, Ben. You look for the biggest train wreck from the year before, and you pick that team to significantly improve and make the playoffs. Urban Meyer to Doug Peterson, six win improvement, playoffs. Joe Judge to Brian Dayball, five win improvement, playoffs. Nathaniel Hackett to Sean Payton, we're improving by five wins. We're getting to 10 and seven, and we're making the playoffs. I mean, just the coaching is is obviously a big thing. We don't need to get into it. But Sean Payton, legitimately one of the best coaches in the NFL in the last 20 years. I mean, he that run he had uh, in New Orleans is nearly unmatched. Yes, it was a lot of Drew Brees. I know Drew Brees isn't walking through that door. Sean Payton had a stretch in 2020 and 2021 where he went 8-1 and one with Teddy Bridgewater and Taysom Hill as his quarterbacks. That's actually what I like about Payton is he will adjust right. for what the game calls for, what his personnel calls for. So you got the coaching upgrade. You've got the injury luck that should work in their favor. They were the most injured team in the NFL last year. Now, I looked at that a month ago and felt good about it. Now I'm like, no, no, no. They're having one of these 49er seasons where they were injured last year and they're injured again this year with Tim Patrick and Jerry Judy. But you know what? I, mean, I don't know how long Judy's going to be out. I think with, uh, with Sutton, with the run game, hopefully they'll be okay. I don't think the offense is going to be great. I think it's going to be competent. Defensively, I kind of like the talent. I like Vance Joseph as a defensive coordinator. This unit is more talented than the Cardinals teams that he got top 10 defenses out of uh, there. So listen, I'm reluctantly rolling the dice, knowing that we could be doing an extra point taken in week six that leads with, what do you think about Sean Payton rolling with Jared Stidham and benching Russell Wilson? So that's where I'm at. I have the Chargers, uh, Justin (laughs) Herbert. 
So, listeners, ask, just tune in, who had the better reasoning? Sheil, for what he said, and Ben, who took the Chargers, who have Justin Herbert. 25 just, yeah. and 24 uh, with Justin Herbert as their quarterback. I like Justin Herbert, but that cannot wins, be... Wins, my dear friend, are not a quarterback. We're, li- we're literally talking about how many wins <laughs> teams are going to have. Who's going to make the playoffs? This isn't a quarterback <laughs> ranking show. This is a how many wins is he... <laughs> <laughs> I feel like that was a role reversal. That would be something I would say and then you would call me out. So it felt good to get you on that one. All right, go ahead. Make the case for the Chargers. A coach, coach, a coaching above replacement. Find the biggest train wreck and, 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 and the coach that steps in for him is going to dramatically improve it. All right, just take the word coach and make it coordinator, right? Like I... Uh, the last two years of offense coordinator Joe Lombardi running the offense for Justin Herbert have been extremely frustrating to watch from a from a scheme perspective and then also from a philosophy perspective. Uh, 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 and, and more so, an emphasis on the second one. The way that, that Lombardi chose to take a quarterback who could create this downfield explosive passing offense, who could generate so much and, and really neuter him, really limit him, is just backwards to the way that offense was developing over the course of the last few years. Explosives over efficiency. Go and get the chunk play. Now, you can look at the last two years and argue, oh, the scheme boys, Ben, you know, Ruiz, whoever you want, were too uh, critical of Lombardi and Herbert needed to do more of this. And, and Keenan Allen and Mike Williams were a limiting factor. And like, there's, you can, you can, I'm very happy to have that conversation because there's definitely some truth to it, right? I, the, there's absolutely worlds in which I have too many eggs in the Lombardi basket in terms of blame for the Chargers offense for the last two years. But in the paradigm in which I am, which is that like, Lombardi was a huge limiting factor. The moment he's removed, I should believe the Chargers are going to take a huge step forward, right? Like it, it, it is implied by the fact that Lombardi is being replaced by Kellen Moore, who schematically is similar, but philosophically is different. Uh, uh, you know, there's been pieces about how like the, oh, the, the language is different, but, but really like, even though they speak a different language, Lombardi and Moore are very similar inspirations in terms of their passing offenses, in terms of the style of routes that they want to run and where they want to line up their players. But Moore wants to get the ball downfield. He wants to stretch this field a lot more than Lombardi did. So philosophically, that big jump, like I have, I have a elite quarterback with a solid group of receivers. Quentin Johnston is a very important player uh, to like actually give them some length, give them some space, give them some, some presence downfield. And a, and a coordinator who I think has done a really good job over the last few years, replacing a coordinator who I think has done a really poor job the last few years. This should be a good enough offense that the Chargers are a playoff offense before we even sniff Brandon Staley in the defense. And then Brandon Staley in the defense had a really nice stretch to end last season, right? They did they 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 had a a poor start to the season. They dealt with a ton of injury, and then over the last eight games, they were like a top eight defense, right? Like Staley, I still hold in esteem as a guy who can coach a defense around injury and can coach defense around matchups and can win some games for you as, as a defensive coach, even if there are moments in terms of him as a decision maker analytics as a game manager as a as a coach and then there's also a philosophical thing with like stop the passive or stop the run that does leave you in, in hot water at times but like before we even get to defense i think that herbert is so good and i think that lombardi was so bad ergo like i i i very much like the 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 the, the i always knew i was going to be like a ravens guy this season like dolphins guy this season like i just like the way they ended last season i like the way they built it but the thing that I've really figured out over the course of the summer is like, all right, everybody was in on the Chargers and then it's been too much and they've done it too long and they're getting out of it. I'm 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 buying the dip. I'm zagging on the zig. Like I I'm I'm back on Chargers Island where I just this guy, this quarterback is so good. And the the number one thing that was 
limiting his ability to really take off and dominate is gone. So I think the Chargers are, are going to take a substantial leap on offense. I think they're going to be a good enough team to make the postseason. I have them doing it at 11 and 6. I've got them at 9 and 8. I really don't disagree with anything you said about the offense. I've got them as the sixth ranked offense. This is to me like going to be, uh, I have them as having like a frustrating season where, hey, the offensive change actually worked. The quarterback's playing really well, but other stuff lead to them not uh, not making the playoffs. I don't trust the defense as much as you. I agree with you in like a one-off. We've seen Staley be creative and come up with some impressive game plans at the same time the last two years. It's been a below average uh, defense. So I, I don't really have anything there that leads me to believe that the defense is going to be significantly better, except for Joey. If Joey Bosa's healthier than he was last year, then yes, absolutely. That could be the case. Uh, offensively, I think Kellen Moore did a really good job when Dak Prescott was healthy. I've given the stat a hundred times. They were a top five offense over that four year stretch when Dak Prescott was on the field. If you just look at EPA per play. So I absolutely see it. Uh, I do want to see the downfield passing attack come to life. Like I think there's a scenario where we're having a conversation in week six where it's like, Hey, it wasn't just the coaching. Why didn't they add more speed to this offense? Like they added Quentin Johnson. That's one guy. That's a rookie. That's a first round pick. We don't know exactly how they're going to use him, whether he's going to be more of a yak guy uh, or a downfield threat. But I do think that's potentially a conversation uh, that we're having there. So again, I think the offense is going to be good. This very well could be a case of Shields gotten burned by the Chargers too many times and he's not letting it happen this year. And it's actually going to happen for them uh, this year. But uh, I just don't fully trust it. They've also got the sixth hardest schedule. It's a crowded AFC. If they were in the NFC North, I would be picking them to win the division. If they were in the NFC South, I'd be picking them to win the division. Uh, but they're not. They're in a hard conference. And so when you're picking among these teams, uh, I've just got them slightly below those other teams uh, who are wildcard teams. What's your what's your record for the Broncos? Uh, so like you have them stinking terribly or just outside looking in? I have the Broncos at eight and nine. I Okay. I for like I I definitely think the Chargers are a better team than the Broncos this year. I do here and accept and acknowledge and, and agree with a lot of your Broncos logic. I do think, again, like Hackett into Peyton is such a tectonic change. Uh, I, I like Vance. I do think that like, while the defense can be good, I don't think it'll be as good as it was last year. Um, And then pass catcher wise, like. If you tell me Marvin Mims is good, I'm like, OK, I believe. But there's so much injury and so much insecurity yeah, and so much absolutely. instability, which ha- which has you worried. Um, The. uh. It would be it would be nice to see this this running game fully work though, and just let Russ kind of be the 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 deep drop back trebuchet that he's always been best at being. Uh, healthy Javante is a fun thing to watch. We haven't gotten to see in a bit. I'm uh, I'm looking forward to that. Yeah, I mean, all their off season moves suggest that's how Peyton believes they need to play and have to play. So we'll see if it works out or not. Uh, Raiders, what do you got for our last team here? Solak, how many wins? Four and thirteen. Okay, I've got five and twelve. Second hardest yep. schedule. Uh, I think they're a directionless franchise. McDaniels is 17 and 28 as a head coach. Jimmy G's been healthy for at least 10 games twice in his career. Uh, And defensively, they were 31st in DVOA last year. And I don't really see a reason why they're going to be much better. So uh, I love the under on the Raiders. We talked about that in our uh, previous show. We both have them uh, as a not good team, a bottom feeder, if you will, this year. All right, now we get to the fun. The AFC playoff bracket. This has to get your juices flowing. You're a football guy. You're thinking about a Saturday afternoon in January watching two of these teams go head to head. Don't worry. It's only like 20 weeks away uh, until we get to that. All right. 
who do you have? Uh, give me your first round matchups, Solak, and who you have advancing to the divisional round. Yeah, so I have the the two seed Chiefs because the Bills won the uh, got the won the tiebreaker, got the uh, got oh the okay for me. Which I I let the Bills beat them in the in the in the regular season because why not? You know they're not going to beat them in the postseason. You might as well just to- toss toss them the regular season win. Um, yeah. So I have I have the the two seed Chiefs who they beat the uh, seven seed uh, Chargers and they continue on. Uh, I have the three seed Cincinnati Bengals. They beat the six seed Miami Dolphins and they continue on. And then I have the four seed Jaguars up against the five seed Ravens, which the Ravens win. Uh, Jaguars lose it in the divisional round. You can't you can't have the magic you had in last year's uh, last year's wildcard round and then uh, then then beat my my Ravens, my my team that I'm uh, I'm 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 sneaking them into the playoffs because I want to. So your divisional round matchups are what? Uh, so then that's Chiefs. Uh, excuse me, that's Bills Ravens. Bills will win that one. We'll give that one to the Bills. And then it's Chiefs Bengals. You got to force. You don't have that. to tell me who wins. Yeah, uh, I do or don't. No, you don't have to tell me who wins yet. Okay, so I have Bills Ravens, and then I have Chiefs Bengals. <laughs> Bills Ravens. Okay, there you go. Uh, my wild card round. I've got the Bengals beating the Broncos. As you heard, I didn't even want the Broncos in there. I hate myself already for it. So I'm not having them go to the divisional round. I've got the Bills beating the Jets there. And uh, I will be proven right going into that playoff round when we do our survey of Jets fans and you say, hey, before this playoff game, are you happy with how this season went? And they'll say, you know what? That was before. No, 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 not before. Yeah. After. after. After? Okay, fine. After. All right. I get 48 hours. Because if you ask them. before, then most of them are going to be answering assuming That's they true. win. All right. All right. That's fair. All right. We'll do it when the Jets season ends and we'll give them 48 hours to reflect on the season. And then we'll say... Are you happy they've made that trade for Aaron Rodgers? It got you to the playoffs, even though you didn't go like further. That. And they'll think back to their wonderful Sundays in Florida, you know, uh, at MetLife Stadium. And they'll say, you know what? We had a lot of great memories there that we haven't had in 12 years. You were right, Shield. I'm sorry I ever doubted you. All right. It's a little tangent. Uh, Jaguars beat the Steelers also in the wildcard round. So I've got Chiefs, Jags, and Bengals, Bills in the divisional round. All right. Who that's, do you have that's a repeat from this past season? I know. Listen, I'm a I I've got Very six new play I've got six new playoff teams this year and I've got three new division winners when you zoom out. So I was trying, but you know what? The heart wants what the heart wants. All right. I have, have uh, absolutely no new AFC playoff teams have the exact same seven from last year. So See, I, that's why I couldn't yeah. do it. That's another thing that moved me away from like yeah. Chargers, Ravens. If they weren't in last year, I probably would have said, oh, yeah, no, I, I trust them, but I couldn't do it. Yeah, no, I, I'm in a glass house throwing stones here. Um, I have the Bills beating the Ravens in the divisional round. and I have the Chiefs beating the Bengals uh, in the divisional round. I got Chiefs, Bills coming down the mountain in the conference championship game. And uh, I got I, you had to get Chiefs Bengals in there, right? I may or may not have Jerry rigged the seating a little bit from my initial projection because you got to get Chiefs Bengals postseason. That's Burrow Mahomes. That's the defining AFC playoff matchup. I uh, have the Chiefs winning this one. Okay, so you've got Chiefs, Bills, and you said Chiefs beating the Bills in the AFC championship game? So I, I okay. Uh, or you didn't the, say that yet. No, I didn't. Um, okay. I, oh, you don't I have to. Hold on. Yeah. All right. Mike, sorry. I am, listen, we're like four hours in. I'm, I'm a little confused. I'm an old man. I, I, this is lunch, you know. Well, no, it's 11 o'clock, but I eat an early lunch. I was about to say, it is lunch time for you. <laughs> this is mid-morning snack time for me. All right. Divisional round, I got the Chiefs beating the Jaguars and the Bengals beating the Bills. So I have the same AFC championship as last year, the same AFC, or the last, no, the other one was the divisional round. Yeah, so just as last year, yeah. I've got Chiefs-Bengals in the AFC Championship. All right, who do you have 
winning it, Benjamin Solak? The Chiefs. I mean, <laughs> okay. I it it'd be fun to pick another team, wouldn't it? Yeah. But I'm not going to. <laughs> like, okay. it's, it's it's Mahomes until something breaks, and at this point, I don't think anything's anything's broken there with uh, with how Kansas City runs it. All right, so Solak's got a Chiefs Cowboys Super Bowl. I've got the Bengals going into Burrowhead and saying, "This is we still own this place. This is our year." Bengals go into Arrowhead for the second time in three seasons, beat the Chiefs in a classic, and the Bengals get to the Super Bowl to face. How am the I the guy who's high on the Bengals Eagles. defense on this podcast? You got the Bengals winning the AFC. That's a one-off. They can try. I just have it for the the big body work. Might not be pretty. They're one of those defenses. But give me them in a playoff game in a big yeah. spot, and they can do it. I, that's that's how I view the Bengals defense. All right, Chiefs, Cowboys. Who does Benny Souls have? as his Super Bowl champion. I have the Chiefs. Um, I think that so, like the Chiefs proved last season that they can go young, they can go cheap, and they can win because Mahomes is very good. And now they run back mostly the same the same group. Uh Chris Jones, as long as once he, once Chris Jones in a Chiefs uniform, I'm very confident they're the best team in the league. Um even without him in the Chiefs uniform, I'm still pretty confident. Um but when we talk postseason stuff, like you need to have those star players and Chris Jones is is, is that star defensively. Um yeah, I have the like I said, I have the Cowboys coming out of the NFC. Um, this could be Chiefs Eagles. I would take Chiefs. This could be Chiefs Niners. I would take Chiefs. This could be Chiefs. And pretty much anybody. Um, I think that Kansas City is gonna, uh, Mahomes and Kansas City is gonna start to establish themselves as sitting on the league a little bit similarly to how Brady and Belichick were sitting on the league. And they, in order to do so, you kind of got to do the uh, the back to back Super Bowl thing. And I think this is the year for them. So this is, I was going to say, the last time we had a super repeat champ, 2004-2005. So this is kind of your version uh, of that, mm-hmm. where it's like, no, 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 this is now now the Patriots after that. Uh, let's see, they w- did go uh, a while there before they won another one. But yeah, that's the last time we had a back-to-back champ, 2004-2005. I have the Cincinnati Bengals being the Philadelphia Eagles. In the Super Bowl, I think this is the Bengals' year. Oh. They've got all the they've got all the young bucks under contract. I see all the pieces in place offensively, like we just mentioned. Defensively, I think they will be able to be creative enough and good enough with people knowing the scheme and the young players growing into their roles, where they'll be good enough in the playoffs to win. I think Burrow will get his first uh, Lombardi Trophy. I think this Allen Burrow Mahomes thing will continue for years to come and we'll be loving uh, every minute of it. But I think this is Joe Burrow's year, the Bengals' year. They are my Super Bowl champ. Do you know the last time we had a back-to-back Super Bowl appearance, Super Bowl loss team as the Eagles? Yeah, once in the last... Well, loss, no. Once in the last 20 years, the team is gotten back that lost the previous year so i don't feel great about that with the eagles yeah. i just couldn't find another team that i liked enough to, to pick them i'm probably but wrong about for that. perspective it was the the 90s bills who lost bills. four in there a row go. that's the there last time a team has made it and then lost uh, in consecutive years uh emotionally speaking i am not into your your projection <laughs> there tiger jim kelly jalen hurts nick Sir- nick sirianni sirianni marv levy i don't know that that's uh comparison that anyone but this show would ever draw but uh who knows maybe Ugh. maybe we'll be making that comparison come february all right we're on the record this will all be wrong but who cares it was a lot of fun thanks to everybody for listening we appreciate it thanks to cliff augustine 
for producing. Thanks to Ben Solak. Additional production supervision by Connor Nevins and Arjuna Ramgopal. Everyone uh, have a good Labor Day weekend. We're going to come back with extra point taken on Tuesday of next week for you, where we will go to have a fun show where we do some kind of non-traditional predictions. You know what teams we think are going to win, but then we're just going to come up with complete nonsense and say, hey, here's something weird that we feel confident is going to happen this season. So I'm looking Comeback player of the year, Poe, mascot for the Ravens. There you go. All right. Thanks, everyone, for listening. Have a great weekend. We'll talk to you soon on Extra Point Take. must be 21 plus and present in select states, FanDuel is offering online sports wagering in Kansas under an agreement with Kansas Star Casino LLC. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit FanDuel.com RG in Colorado, Iowa, Michigan, New Jersey, Ohio, Pennsylvania, Illinois, Tennessee, and Virginia. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP or text Next Step to 53342 in Arizona, 1-888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org slash chat in Connecticut, 1-800-9-WITH-IT in Indiana, 1-800-522-4700 or visit ksgamblinghelp.com in Kansas, 1-877-770-STOP in Louisiana, visit mdgamblinghelp.org in Maryland, visit 1-800-GAMBLER.NET in West Virginia or call one 800 522-4700 in Wyoming. Hope is here. Visit gamblinghelplinema.org or call 800-327-5050 for 24-7 support in Massachusetts or call 1-877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY in New York.